You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out. And a reminder, whatever podcast platform you use, Locked On Browns, always free. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Locked On Browns, followed by Kakao. DMs are open, as everybody knows. Your week seven pregame show as the Denver Broncos come to town for Thursday night football against your Cleveland Browns. This has been recorded, and we are now on to take two of segment one, where we'll talk the offense. You'll have the defense. You'll have some game thoughts. Um, cross your fingers, kids. Hang in there. Pete. Baker Mayfield will not be playing for the Cleveland Browns tomorrow night. No other word on the foreseeable future for the Browns signal caller. Josina Anderson's tweet certainly doesn't sound good that maybe there's a little bit more of an issue with Baker's shoulder than just even the labrum. Who knows there? Case Keenum hasn't been a starter in the NFL since 2019 with the Washington Redskins. He started eight games. He went one and seven will be manning the Cleveland Browns offense, Pete, Thursday night against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum's no stranger to being a starter in the NFL, so clearly he's been able to do it. Uh, I think with the just the sheer amount of injuries, uh, it's going to be a challenge, but I think Case Keenum has to do what I thought Baker Mayfield should have been doing against Arizona and had he been playing this week, needed to do, which is get the ball out of his hands and let – his playmakers do it, let the game come to him and, and move the ball that way, avoid negative plays, which has been something the Browns have had issues with, try to make third downs reasonable. uh, And hopefully the defense will step up and do their part to sort of help deliver a a win that would obviously at least um, help the situation. And, and then the team will have to see where, where Mayfield and, and, among other people, will be uh, working towards Halloween against the Pittsburgh Steelers. First thing, Pete, and this is usually like every recipe for an NFL team when you have to go to your backup quarterback. What are things you try to do here? Uh, what would you normally think if it was a Cleveland Browns? All right, well, we're going to lean on the running game. Well, don't have Kareem Hunt. Don't have Nick Chubb. Well, we usually have, we have a pretty solid offensive line. We're still not sure if Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin, any, all, none of them are going to be able to play. Um, You get into an instance where maybe Jarvis Landry comes back. Um, You know, now are you talking about, you know, are you going to have to face, are you faced with Case Keenum trying to win you? Which, look, folks, this is an important game. Um, One, going three and four, it's going to be 10 days of the media and the fans and everything going on and on and on about the, you know, how terrible three is three and four is the Steelers coming to town. The sky is falling. Our pets heads are popping off, but it's an, it's a difficult position because what is some of the best things about this Browns offense are not going to be available to them Thursday night. They're not going to be able to lean on the run game. 
They have no assurances that they're going to be putting out their top offensive line. Uh, Von Miller, Pete versus James Hudson scares the living bejesus out of me like uh, like nothing other. It's a really, really difficult spot. And look, you know, you understand, you know, how injured Baker has to be for this to be, you know, the route that they're going to go. But this isn't a great, great setup here to say, uh, oh, hey, Case, uh, you know, kind of need this one. Can you go out there and get it done for us? Well, I mean, look, you, you don't want it to be like this. But at the same time, you know, Case Keenum has sort of had to operate with the backups since he's been with the Browns. Um, so it's not that unfamiliar for him, but he's going to have weapons. Uh, if he doesn't hold on to the ball uh, and take sacks, then I think he can be okay. He's obviously really well-versed in this offense. He's played in it. He's had his best seasons in it. So uh, it's largely about mitigating risk uh, eliminating, try, trying as best you can to stay out of negative plays to keep the ball, uh, and then just sort of let it happen. And if they can do that, I, I think they can be effective. They're not going to be as good as they would be with Baker Mayfield healthy anyway. Um, we're going to get a chance to see what he looks like compared to the injured version of Baker Mayfield. I, I don't have super high hopes from that standpoint, but it, it, it's largely about what he does, not how he does it. With Case Keenum now taking behind center, Pete, uh, you know, we, when we originally thought when it was going to be Baker Mayfield, maybe there would be an opportunity here to maybe kind of be a little sneaky with the run game um, where, you know, if Baker could get hot kind of early, you know, Dearness Johnson, Demetrik Felton, uh, John Kelly, maybe there'd be some room where maybe you loosened up the defense a little bit here and you can get something out of the running game. Now I, I'm not, you know, pretty, I, I'm not positive about how this is going to work. If I'm the Broncos, by all means, first thing I'm doing is stacking the box and showing, you know, the case Keenum can do anything throwing the ball to even give me a threat. You know, we saw the Cardinals last week come out, you know, six two, right. Everything on the line of scrimmage. I, I don't see a reason that, you know, the Broncos should come into this game, you know, intimidated at all. I mean, you're going with a backup quarterback, you know, maybe, you know, his first read and it'll be forced onto him will be Odell and then work down from there, you know, work down the uh, progression tree from there. Um, you know, there's no reason to be scared of the Ernest Johnson, John Kelly, or Demetrius Felton, and want, you know, in any way whatsoever. Uh, this it, just, you know, for me, it, first thing it screams is limitations. And look, you know, Baker's play, you were still calling everything, whether it was getting executed was one thing. Um, you know, do you have the faith in Case Keenum to say, look, you know, I mean, we're going to go with the flow playbook and, you know, whatever, you know, we think, can be a deciding factor for us offensively is something we got to run with. But look, I mean, the best thing that the Browns can hope for is they, they don't allow the Broncos to get up on them and put him in a position where he's now having to make throws to sort of put them back in the game. Um, if they can either stay within a score or get a lead, then it allows him to play from a position of comfort uh, and not feel as much pressure to sort of move the ball further down the field. Um, again, he's not stupid. He's not a guy that hasn't shown he can do it. Um, and hopefully that's going to benefit him. The Broncos are a team that's struggling. Obviously they're, they're looking at this as a big opportunity to sort of get back uh, in the win column as they've lost three in a row, but it, it just comes down to, controlling what the, the Browns can control 
And if they do those things, then Case Keenum can find a way to succeed. He's done it. He's done it in this offense. It's nothing, you know, it's, it's not a Herculean effort uh, to do it. So hopefully that's the way the Browns sort of approach it. It's, it's a little disheartening, obviously, um, and especially where this team is, two straight losses. Uh, you, you don't want to lose this one, and you certainly want to lose this one sitting on a three-game losing streak and have to sit on it for 10 days before the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, come in on Halloween Sunday. Uh, you, you you know, we don't have really anything to go off of, of course, you, with Case Keenum's time here with the Browns. Baker Mayfield started 51 straight games for this franchise. Um, you know, everybody you know loves to talk about 2017, and look, Case Keenum was a pretty good quarterback in 2017. But you know, God, that was five NFL seasons ago. Feels like a lifetime ago. What we have most recently of Case Keenum is 2019 with the Washington Redskins. Of course, we saw it in 2018 with the Denver Broncos. If everybody remembers that game ended with Jabril Peppers uh, basically, uh, you know, making himself hot and uh, taking out Case Keenum and you know forcing him to eat a sack on fourth down and what was a tight game in Denver on a Saturday night, close to Christmas in 2018 for case. And you look, you're going to try to be positive here. Look, you know, obviously he's familiar with the system. There's no way around that. He, he knows his offense as well. He knows coach Stefanski. Well, he has spent, you know, more than three seasons, you know, with coach Stefanski in some capacity, you know, or another a quarterback coach in his time in Minnesota, obviously now coach Stefanski here, the head coach with the Browns case Keenum has been here since day one of that. What you ask for, Pete, is just, you know, A, don't exactly like you're saying, don't turn the ball over. B, don't take some of the sacks or some of the hits that Baker Mayfield's been taking the last couple of weeks due to the fact that he's trying to extend plays and, you know, trying to make things happen, which was understandable for Baker when you're down. You know, you're going to try to do more, you know, that, you know, throwing the ball away feels like such a cop out. Um, certainly, you know, led to some of the issues, you know, that, you know, why we're not even having Baker Mayfield for this game. Um, it, I just, it, it's rough when you don't really just, you know, have the running game to lean on of this capacity, but I mean, you could get into a scenario, Pete, where it's Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, maybe Austin Hooper, maybe a Demetric Felton on the field. That's not the worst thing in the world for any quarterback to have to go take the field with. No, I mean, he's got weapons. Uh, you know, the, the running game's not ideal. The offensive line is not ideal, but if they, get the ball out quickly uh, and he can find the right matchups, they can move the ball and they can be really successful. Um, that's the key. You know, they, they have to be smart with uh, what they're doing and he has to be smart with his decision-making, but I think it's something he's done and he can do. So I, I I'm not, Overly concerned with Case Keenum. Uh, I, I just there are there are certainly limitations with just how much he can do. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's not that talented. Um, otherwise, Baker Mayfield wouldn't have been out there with the shoulder as it was. So um, clearly, it's it's a little bit of a step down. But nevertheless, this is why you have Case Keenum on this team because he can operate from this situation and not just immediately fold up uh, the tent and, and call it a loss. You can win with him, uh, you know, for a couple of games. It's not um, something you want to have to deal with for the entire season. Um, that's obviously the fear, but um, for a game here or there, yeah, he's, he's, that's, this is why you have him. Brings me to this one here before we start switching up and heading on over to segment two. Uh, Pete, I think the um, gambling 
on fourth down and maybe passing on field goals, that might have to go into the back pocket here for a little bit. Um, look, I mean, the, the whole fourth down conversation, teams evaluate um, what they think they're going to need to do against an opponent. I doubt they're going to come to the uh, belief that the Broncos are going to light up the scoreboard, so they're probably going to be less inclined to to go for it based on that. Um, nevertheless, you know, the Browns have made sort of the decision, that, rightfully in my opinion, that going forward on fourth down is good. But that is certainly going to come down to how confident they are that Case Keenum can operate from those situations. So, yeah, they may may have to kick more field goals, and they may have to look at this as playing – ball control offense and, and playing good defense. And for that, the defense has to step up and do their part, which would make it easier to be uh, just going and take the points. And we have some thoughts on the defense and the improvement that's needed. And we're going to get all into detail uh, <clears throat> on that here in just one second. And look, the thoughts and concerns we have, obviously are just going to be amplified a little bit more here about the defense. So we're going to get to that here as we continue your Locked on Browns pregame show as Pete Smith is in the house week seven, Denver Broncos coming to first energy for Thursday night football. This episode is brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to carry all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions is your Honda Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Look, right now for everybody, money is kind of paramount. So that's where somebody like Rock Auto comes in. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Example, Honda Odyssey, as we were speaking about. Fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. Rock Auto, you can get it for $216. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. If they carry labrums, maybe we need to check into that, Browns fans. Go to their website today to find out the solution for all your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need RockAuto.com. Pete, the makeup of this Broncos team. And I discussed this last night when I talked with the guys during the crossover episode, like, I don't know where this team is going. Uh, you know, there is some of the past of the Broncos in Von Miller. There's, you know, some of the present uh, with a player like Sertan and some others. There's the future. Um, and look, every team tries, you know, any team should try to be thinking that they are in it every season. Um, but here are the Broncos already at three and three. You had the Chiefs in this division. You had the Chargers in this division. You have the Raiders who look good in this division, who just basically beat Denver around at home on Sunday. And, you know, you don't have the quarterback of the future on this roster. Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater is a stopgap. There's no way around that. You don't have enough confidence in Drew Luck to be starting him at this point to even see what he has or to see if he's even a part of your future plans. Melvin Gordon at the running back. I mean, he's still a decent running back, but by no way or means is he the future. 
you know, of the Broncos rushing attack. You have the rookie in Javante Williams. And we uh, going to be interested to see how he plays here on Thursday night. Then you have this receiver room with Cortland Sutland, Jerry Judy and Patrick and Noah Fan at the tight end position. It just seems like there's a lot there, but I, I just, I, I don't know where the direction of this is, especially where, now where you hear the rumors, you know, that the Broncos staff as it currently exists, you know, is probably not going to get any more time after this season. Yeah. Um, look, they, they have a lot of players that should be part of what this future is going to be. You take a guy like Noah Fant, who has been really impressive at times, but it really does feel like he's sort of his, his career sort of mirroring that of David Njoku, where he's clearly this athletic freaky guy, but it's not sort of coming together the way everybody thought it would, at least in terms of just pace. You've got Cortland Sutton, who's a really nice player. You've got um, some of these guys on this team, Javante Williams, uh, that can make up a nice little offense, but they also have a lot of question marks, you know, what's going to happen with some of these players on defense, you know, what is going to, that this thing is going to look like in, in certain positions in the not too distant future, like with Von Miller, uh, how long is that going to last? So you've got to make some meaningful changes, obviously quarterback. It starts with that. They, they still don't have a quarterback uh, that they can really build around. Um, and it's not like Teddy Bridgewater is bad. He's actually playing better than he has been uh, in recent years, but he's also clearly not enough. So, you know, that's sort of all, whatever they do at that position is going to sort of set the direction for everything else. But, you know, I don't think this coaching staff is going to be here next year. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like. So that's sort of where you find yourself in this, this period of transition and you just, with without sort of an obvious direction, it feels like a team that's lost, even though they're not bad by any stretch. Um, Malik Jackson. And now Malik Jackson spoke on Tuesday for whenever anybody is listening uh, to your pregame locked on Browns. Uh, some interesting comments. And for me, you know, and without necessarily pointing fingers or naming names, um, it sounds like maybe we have a little bit of a, you know, understanding of, you know, what is exactly maybe, going on with the secondary and why there are some wide open guys. And, you know, certainly sounds like Malik Jackson, certainly a longstanding veteran in the NFL played with many teams, been very successful as a Super Bowl winner with the Denver Broncos. Um, A question of whether or not maybe the outside of the building work is being put in. Well, I don't think it's limited to the secondary because there's young guys all over this. And I think this is something that would be symptom. This, this sounds like a, a an issue that would uh, be likely to happen on a team that's so young. And, and just, you know, the Browns are deceptively young. They've got a lot of players that are in that 25 and under group. And some of this may be guys who simply don't know any better at this point. Some of this may be guys who think they can get away with it. Regardless, um, this idea that you, you know, if you want to improve, you can't treat this like a nine to five job does sort of seem like a cutting criticism, or it could be just a, like a light prodding. But the other thing that Malik Jackson mentioned is that Miles Garrett has at organized, you know, another players only thing, Thursday which would be the meetings. second time this has happened. Um, it came after the Texans game, uh, uh, the first time, and suddenly they were going through 
all their third down checks as a, as a defense uh, and two games in a row, they were great. Um, and then we've sort of gone back, back to where we were at. I do think some of this is guys who simply aren't doing their jobs. I think some of this is guys who are trying to make hero plays for a contract. Um, Denzel Ward early in the year, you know, was trying to do too much. Uh, I think Ronnie Harrison is getting caught in that trap a little bit, but it's just a lot of it's just discipline and, and not not taking the cheese, which is what happened a couple times against the Arizona Cardinals and left guys wide open. Uh, it's frustrating that it's not just the just that it's the safeties; it's the safeties in the same look that are getting in trouble, which is the split safety look. And you had players like John Johnson come out and say, "Look, you 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 can't." get sucked up. You have to stay back in that split safety look. Uh, you know, Denzel Ward coming out and basically said, you know, asked when he was asked about the place, it's just cover two. Uh, <clears throat> so in that sense, it does feel like they can get these things fixed relatively quickly. On the other hand, they've got to go out and do it because, you know, there, there were three different plays uh, down in the red zone uh, where we ran into this, two of them led to open touchdowns in the end zone. And the other one was, um, you know, they call third down blitz on third and 14. That's trying to get the ball out of, uh, Kyler Murray's hands quickly does exactly that goes to Deandre Hopkins. The Browns miss multiple tackles and he walks into the end zone. Like that's where you look at this and maybe people are, you know, there are people who are critical of Joe Woods and maybe there's something to that, but, there are so many of these obvious situations where it's the players just got to do their job and take what's there and they haven't done that. So they need to be more consistent. They need to eliminate these mental issues because when they are in their right positions, they're really good and they can be really dominant, but the prevailing issue for this team on both sides of the ball is third down, you know, pro football focus came out with a thing that said that, like the Browns are the mm -hmm. second best defense on first and second down and dead last on third down. What, whether that is a strategic problem or an execution problem or some combination therein, they've got to do a better job on that because right now, if that continues to be an issue, even if this team makes the playoffs, they're not going anywhere as long as third down is that problematic. So that that's the issue that has to be fixed. And this, you know, leads to where we go here, you know, one we love to do here um, on our pregame shows, uh, the find the turn segment. Teddy Bridgewater had three interceptions last week, Pete. Teddy Bridgewater was sacked five times against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders look have a talented pass rushing duo, but it's certainly not, you know, it's not that the Browns don't um, between Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. Um, but Max Crosby, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, monster week last week, you know, harassing the living daylights out of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, some of the problems are on the interior. Um, but Pete, there really isn't a, a tackle duo in the NFL that really has an answer for a combination of Garrett and Clowney. And, you know, they played well Sunday against the Cardinals. They obviously need to play well this week. Let's find the turd, Pete. Yeah, I'm curious to see how Bobby Massey does against the Browns' defensive ends at right tackle and then Graham Glasgow at right guard. Um, that The defensive interior for the Browns has been kind of underwhelming for a little bit. I think Malik McDowell is getting worn down. Um, Rookie wall at 25 or whatever age he is. Well, you know, I think part of this is – you know, the what well, he is dealing with some nagging issues as basically the entire defensive line is. 
I, I do think part of this may be due to the fact of how he sort of came into the NFL this time around, which is, you know, basically coming out of prison, trying to get in shape as quickly as possible and getting out there. Like, I, I, I do wonder if we're starting to see some of the what, you know, it was so unbelievable that he was so good early uh, that we're starting to see some regression to the mean in, in the sense that this this maybe had a clock on it. I do think he's a guy who would benefit immensely from that week and a half off after this game, and hopefully that can recharge him. But uh, hopefully they'll get more from their interior to sort of create problems with that. So with that in mind, I think Bobby Massey is the guy that the Browns are going to have the most opportunity against. Jadavian Clowney's playing really, really well. Miles Garrett's playing well. You know, that those are the two most important players on defense right now. And those are the guys who are playing the most consistent and dominant football on this team. It needs to step up on the defensive side of the ball. There's just simply no way around it. It just needs to get better and it needs to start having 11 players play as one. Um, it's great that the defensive line can get home, but if nobody's covering and then vice versa, you know, when the defensive line's having a, you know, not getting home, uh, there's still problems in the secondary as far as communication and things of that nature. We're talking about a whole bunch of first round, second round picks and $11 million a year safety. These things are just simply inexcusable. They have to play better. There's just no way around it. It's again, it's, it's just inexcusable. Some of the lapses that are showing up within this secondary play. Uh, we'll get to some final thoughts here uh, as Thursday night football, first energy stadium, Denver Broncos coming to town to face your Cleveland Browns. You're locked on Browns pregame show. Jeff Lloyd joined by sports illustrators, Pete Smith. We are back in better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Pete, even with the Browns' woes right now, and, you know, I don't want to take the confidence level away from this team as far as, you know, what they are capable of, the talent level of this team. You know, Denver coming off a home loss, very similar to the Browns, make the trip out here to Cleveland. Um, you know, they certainly have their own set of issues. And now at three and three, they look like they're in a position here where, again, for them, just maybe as, as it possibly could be for the Browns, it looks like it's getting late a little bit early here. But three and three, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, you've gotten some good play out of him the first couple of weeks. But there's a reason, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a middle of the pack NFL quarterback and certainly wouldn't start for a lot of NFL teams here, even with, you know, the injuries. And, you know, look, the, the Chubb and Hunt one is probably the one that kills you the most, obviously, as it truly is, you know, something the Browns can use as their calling card, whatever. They're in a difficult position. Just, you know, scrap everything, run 24, run 27. This is certainly not going to be an option Thursday night. This still screams, Pete, of a very, very winnable game. If they can get Baker to play within the realm of good Baker Mayfield that we have certainly seen plenty of over three and a half seasons now and getting the defense to maybe just mend some of these you know, issues that they've been having. Yes, um, I do think the Browns should win, uh, will win, because they 
don't really have a choice. They've got a, a, a team on a three-game losing streak coming into Cleveland who's no more happy to be playing on Thursday than the Browns are. Um, I think the Browns do have uh, more than enough talent despite the issues. And I do think that uh, that they're if, – if, if they continue to struggle the way they have in certain spots, then – if it doesn't improve here, then they're going to have to start making changes, uh, potentially starting on the defensive side of the ball. If guys are still making the same mistakes, then I think they're going to have to move up the schedule on some things that maybe they didn't want to have to do till potentially next year. But I, I don't know how they continue to go like this. You're seeing players sort of call out. I don't, I don't even know if it's calling out, but sort of prodding each other. Uh, both in public and behind the scenes. So I think there's an element of if they don't go out and execute this week, that it's not just about having coaches losing faith, faith in them, but their teammates. So the other part of this is if you're looking at from Malik Jackson's point of view and talking about people treating this like a nine to five or whatever, nothing's going to force you to work harder and, uh, more efficiently than a Thursday night game because you just don't have time to do anything else. So if they can't get the game plan down and execute this week, then I think this is going to be where we start seeing some changes. So I do think the Browns are going to ultimately come out with a win on this one. And hopefully, you know, clear off, uh, you know, all the you know BS noise surrounding them, give them 10 days to obviously rest, which is very, very important and start focusing on conference play with the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to Cleveland on Halloween. Pete, before we wrap it up here, Browns key player on offense, Browns key player on defense. Well, it's Baker Mayfield on offense simply because he has to operate within himself, get the ball out quickly, and avoid trying to, to make hero plays that are just unnecessary and ultimately are going to put a, a more damaged shoulder at further risk. And, and as much as he is a guy who's tough and almost masochistic, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. He, He's got he a little bit of Nick Foley to him at this point. <laughs> like we, we talk about, he, he clearly wants to play. He clearly wants to lead this team. He clearly wants to, you know, for all the right reasons. And he can't do that. If he keeps putting himself at risk, he's going to get put down. So it, he has to stay within himself. So he's the most important player on offense. And then, Defensively, it's Ronnie Harrison, and it's because he has to avoid making those mistakes that have have been routinely on him in terms of blown coverages and that. Uh, I think part of that is trying to be make hero plays and sort of justify getting a big contract extension uh, when he's playing himself potentially out of the starting lineup in the process. He was very good last year, and he needs to sort of return to what he was doing well. So. He's the guy I look for on defense. Certainly, both players, you know, I mean, certainly Ronnie Harrison needs to step up, you know, went from being the Browns' best safety uh, in 2020 to now where it's, you know, certainly question marks. You know, Grant Delpit certainly could use a bounce back. Uh, we still would like to see, you know, the best of John Johnson. Granted, you know, starting to maybe trend in using him where he can be a little bit more successful, where he is a little bit more comfortable, which is, again, the, the ultimate importance to any player is, you know, using them in what they do best. You know, don't ask of anything of someone that, you know, you don't think they're capable of, or at least they're not good at. If you're paying him $11 million, you obviously have a feel as to what he is really good at. Let's stick with that. It makes the most sense. It's just too damn simple. I, I just, I, I keep coming back to this, Pete, and not that I think it's going to be a big part of this game, 
I, I just think with this short turnaround, with the freshness of these running backs, I, I think, and look, you're never, you know, just going to replace what Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb can give you. I think there's a chance here for these running backs to maybe make a little bit of splash just because you're going to come in here with three of them. And like you said with John Kelly, he can contribute in the receiving game. We know what Felton can do. You know, the earnest, you know, this has been a long time coming for an opportunity like this. And with a short week and the fact that there are some veterans on this Broncos defense that all, you know, they're going to be just as cranky and tired as a lot of the Browns are going to be about playing this game on Thursday night football, where it may be any player, even if you're the best of health, maybe you're 80% playing in a Thursday night football game. I think there's the opportunity there to get some plays in the run game, even if it's probably not going to be a featured part of the offense. Well, look, they can't just quit running the ball. I mean, it's it's clearly a part of who they are. And I, and I do think if they are able to just get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands quickly and force teams to sort of run around and, and make tackles and, and defend that, it's going to open up opportunities in the running game. They still have all pro, they still have an all pro guard. They have what is hopefully a continuing to improve Wyatt Teller, who's played much better the past couple weeks. Uh, JC Shredder still in there. They have opportunities to find ways to run the ball if that's what they want to do. Uh, so I don't, don't think they will or should go away from it. The opportunity is there. It's a winnable game. And look, and the other thing is that the Browns don't find a way to pull this off Thursday night. It's going to lead to a very, very long 10 days before Halloween. And I think the last thing you want at that point is being in that situation and having the Steelers come to town. Just, just, just not an advantageous situation. Um, get the win on Thursday. Uh, get some rest uh, for the body as much as the mind. Uh, over the, you know, however this last couple of weeks has gone for this team. Um, still a very, very extremely talented play uh, roster, and they just need to start performing to their capabilities and abilities. There's just no way around it. Um, and Coach Stefanski can say, I got to coach better till he's blue in the face, but a lot of it comes down to execution. It's the bottom line. Get out there, find plays, make plays, you know, be the difference, be the tone setter, be the reason that this team finds a way to four and three and able to get themselves a, you know, a comfortable 10-day respite before Halloween versus the Steelers. He is Pete Smith of SportsIllustrated.com. Browns Digest. Uh, Pete and the team over there, obviously cranking it out day in, day out. Make sure you're checking out the uh, that um, For Pete's Sake podcast. Uh, Pete and Nicole, again, continue to do a great job with that. Uh, one of my favorite listens week in, week out. I'm sure this week's episode uh, will probably be a little spicy and salty, um, as most of them are. So make sure you look out for that on all your podcast platforms. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore uh, the show itself, Locked On Browns, whatever pad, podcast platform you uh, prefer. Uh, Locked On Browns, always free. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Five star ratings, written reviews. We appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen day in and day out. Locked On Browns, the Twitter account, follow back. DMs are open, as everybody knows. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open, questions, ideas, whatever. Um, Let's keep them within reason, folks. That's all I ask on that front. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.